It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to the Untold Story Podcast, everybody. I'm Martha McCallum, and today is Ash Wednesday. It's Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday on the same day, which doesn't happen very often, um, but it's wonderful to be here at St. Patrick's Cathedral with the rector of St. Patrick's, Father Enrique Salvo. Welcome. And Jonathan Rumi. Hello. Actor, um, star of The Chosen, plays Jesus on The Chosen, and also one of the most prominent voices of the Hallow app, which is just growing exponentially. So it's a really exciting time to talk about love and Ash Wednesday on this Valentine's Day as we celebrate. Good to have you both with us. Thank you so much for being here. It's great to see both of you. Um, Father Enrique, let me start with you because every year I I usually come here at noon to St. Patrick's to get my ashes and then I do the show in the afternoon at three o'clock. And it's interesting. I I mean, I, I don't think about it that much because it's just what I would do normally on Ash Wednesday. But I always get some comments from viewers and sometimes it's really supportive, you know, thank you for wearing your ashes publicly. And then other people say, I think there's something on your forehead. I think, you you know, what happened in the makeup room? Um, So, you know, for people who are listening to this, explain to them the origin and the meaning of Ash Wednesday so that, you know, everyone can get a better understanding. Well, putting ashes in, in their faces, people used to do that from ancient times, from the Old Testament, with like the sackcloth, and it's a sign of penance. It's a sign that I'm humbling myself before God because I need His mercy, I need His forgiveness. So it's an outward sign about what's going on inside, which is a time for us to reflect and, and for us to know that we need mercy and we need purification and we need forgiveness and, and we need to become better people. So it's just a witness that we are humbly declaring that and reminding one another that we all need that. And, and the significance of the 40 days. That goes, of course, we're, right now we're uh, entering into the desert, as we call it, with Jesus. The 40 days in the desert and, and uh, where he goes fasts and prayers. He'll get the temptation in the, in the desert. And it's a time that it, it's, it's to get prepared. If you think about it, Jesus went to the desert right before he began the public mission. So the public mission, he goes from the desert to the wedding at Cana with the disciples and everything. But he, he gets prepared in that time, which is a traditional thing to do also uh, since Old Testament times, to go into that uh, place of preparation, of prayer, of, of course, he didn't need repentance, but, but just of letting the Holy Spirit to guide everything. And that's what we are trying to do for Lance as well. So, Jonathan, you know, what are your thoughts as you listen to that? You've played three seasons of Jesus's life, uh, and the fourth season is already in theaters right now, and is, is it going to drop, I think, in the beginning of March for people to watch uh, at home. When, when you think about the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert as, as an actor who has, as you always say, the honor to play Jesus, what do you think about on Ash Wednesday? Um. <clears throat> I think it's just that it's that time for me as Jonathan to, to go into the interior desert to, to really um, 
examine what it is that I might need to fast from and what I might need to to feast on more of, you know, in, in God's kingdom, then how can I be um, how can I be closer to him? How can I be a better witness to Christ and what he did for the world on behalf of, of the world, on behalf of humanity? And so uh, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a deeply reflective time to, to, um, to really just see how I can be a better follower of Jesus and, and be that example to, of him to, to the rest of the world. You know, as you look at it as Jonathan, as you say, um, you're, you're the children of, your, your father I believe was born in Egypt, yeah. right? Syro Lebanese and your mom from Ireland, born in Ireland. What was your religious life like as a child and, and did you convert to Catholicism? So yeah, so uh, my father was born in Cairo and we were um, traditionally baptized Greek Orthodox. Um, my grandfather's from Syria. Um, and so that was the, the family uh, faith. And then my mother is Roman Catholic. And then, so we, I was born here in New York City and we lived here in the city and then we moved to the suburbs and we, we didn't quite have the same sort of community available to us as Orthodox Christians. Um, but my father, having grown up in Egypt, went to Catholic school because if, if you didn't go to public school, that's as a Christian, you went to Catholic school uh, run by French Jesuits. And so uh, Catholicism was very familiar to him. And so when we moved to the suburbs and we, we needed to find a, a church that was manageable for a, a, a blossoming young family to kind of get to consistently, um, it was just as easy for us to go down the street to the Catholic church. My dad was familiar as I said my mother was raised with it and for us as kids it didn't feel all that different the language was a little bit different because in, in the, the the Greek Orthodox Arabic culture there was a lot more of Arabic hymns and you know um, that we would hear and more of the Arabic language spoken so um, it, it kind of it was an easy kind of uh, transition is basically how I how I like to call it I don't I don't quite think of it as much uh, a conversion you know as more of a transition so I made my first communion and my confirmation as as a Catholic and it just kind of stuck you know so um, yeah that's that's sort of how that went you know uh, father people think of oh people give things up for Lent right people yes. give up chocolate they might give up alcohol is that the way that we should approach it in your view well it's the Lenten formula so it's fasting prayer and almsgiving so we should give up something that's hard especially something that that perhaps we're struggling with or or, or too attached to but then with prayer and almsgiving and so it's all three together and in terms of um i was listening this morning to you and mark were speaking this morning on on fox um about things that you might want to add in mm instead of just giving up. So, so yeah, so, so there's something we call the Lenten formula, mm -hmm. which is fasting, prayers, and almsgiving. So they feed with one another. So of course, fasting is what we give up, and it should be uh, something that we're attached to perhaps. It can be food, alcohol, like you say, screen time, mm -hmm. anything like that, that we're like too attached to, that's being too distracting. And then of course, but we couple that with prayer because we, we never want to avoid. So where we're, for example, taking, freeing ourselves from attachments of this world, we're opening up ourselves for more prayer. 
So we, we want to develop a relationship with God during this time. And then from there, of course, by default, we're going to get more almsgiving, which we have to be conscious of. So it's a time in which we want to be extra generous, to think about the most needy, to think about how we can make a difference. So if we're being purified physically and doing sacrifices, spiritually growing through our prayer, and of course, using that love that we're going to be getting by, by that connection with God, then we give that unto others. And so that's what the Lenten formula is, and that's how we want to live it. So giving up something is, of course, part of the tradition, but just one piece of it. So I love that you touched on giving up screen time because mm, that's one of them, yeah. That's some, I've, <laughs> the past one. few yeah. years, I've really tried to stay off of social media as much as possible um, during Lent. I think it's a great way to open up time, as you say, for other things. And the thing that I turned to, which is also on my screen, but is the Hallow app. Mm. That's, which is that's different. A wonderful <laughs> plug-in. Um, every time you pick up your phone and you might want to scroll mindlessly through, mm -hmm. you know, things that make you wish you went on someone else's vacation or <laughs> you know, <laughs> missed somebody's gathering or whatever. Um, to put the Hallow app in there, and and Jonathan, you just introduced this uh, Hallow Pray Forty challenge. Yeah. Tell everybody about Hallow and about this challenge. Yeah, so um, Hallow is the number one uh, prayer and meditation app in the world. And, and I say number one just to kind of give you the, an idea of the volume of the amount of prayers uh, and meditations that are accessible for people to, to broaden their, uh, their prayer life, their spiritual life, and to have, you know, almost unlimited amounts of ways to access God, to build a relationship with God. And so for the the period of Lent, we have a challenge called Pray 40, and in that challenge, um, seven days a week, there is something to for people to to get some spiritual nourishment from. Um, I will be helping to narrate uh, from a book that we're using as the the basis of the challenge called He Leadeth Me, which is uh, essentially like an autobiography by this uh, Jesuit priest, Father Walter Chiswick, who in the 40s and 50s uh, was in prison in the Soviet Union and essentially was um, you know interrogated and tortured and accused of being a Russian an American spy um, none of which were true obviously and it's about his story and how he essentially surrendered his entire life to, to God in that moment during this trial during one of the most you know uh, stressful times in his life and and not knowing whether or not he was even going to survive um, he just offered it to God. He surrendered completely to God and it changed his life and allowed him to get through 20 years of, of uh, you know, uh, isolation and uh, Soviet labor camps. And, and so we take this very powerful book and draw from the lessons that he had learned through his time um, in isolation, uh, going through interrogation and offer up these meditations that for me, just narrating it uh, was one of the most powerful challenges I'd ever uh, read for the Hallow app. And it, I mean, it affected me deeply just to be able to, to narrate it. And I know so many people are going to be affected by this, uh, this, this meditation, this, this challenge, uh, this, this coming Lent. So I'm really excited for people to hear. You talk a lot about surrender. I know the surrender novena is very yeah. important to you. Why? Because I think for me, well, I know that the minute I surrendered 
my will to the will that God had for me, my life changed irrevocably. Like I, I was in a really dark place and I had no other options left in my life at this point, about six years ago now, than to just give everything to God and to completely trust His will for me and not worry about it and release myself from any obligation to have to know how my story was going to go. And the minute I did that, everything changed, like literally, physically, spiritually, and uh, I, I've never been the same since. And the process that I went through in my own life is described by Father Chiswick in, in He Leadeth Me. Obviously, the circumstances are quite different, but the process of surrender, when I read the book, I'm like, this is, this is exactly the same kind of interior change that I experienced, just different circumstances. So it's, it's the kind of, it's the kind of uh, book, it's the kind of meditations, the kind of prayers that, that will allow anybody, if they, if they take the opportunity to surrender, uh, it, it'll, it'll change your life. And that's not, I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but it's a hundred percent fact. The Untold Story continues right after this. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. You know, when you talk about the daily process of prayer, Father, and how that is transformative, that Lent is a time when you can rewire and transform, right? Speak, if you would, you know, about how you start every day in in your own life. Well, we do the Liturgy of the Hours, which is morning prayer, and and so we do that throughout the day. It's like the prayer of the church. So it's beautiful because everyone from like the Pope to like missionary Mm -hmm. nuns in Africa, Mm -hmm. everyone, and and lay people too, we're all praying the same. And it goes, it's Psalms and everything. It has to do with the liturgy uh, of the time. But also the rosary to me is very important. I pray many times Mm -hmm. with Jonathan in the hollow up. And uh, and also, you know, you know, the Blessed Sacraments, which is so important because we don't even have to do much. We just have to be there and, and, and just receive Him and let Him work us. And like, and like you say, rewire us, rewire our hearts and our minds. And so all that's important. And of course, let's not forget the most important thing of all is the Mass mm-hmm. and, and, and like coming to Mass, which if we have time, that can be another beautiful thing to do uh, during Lent is perhaps to try to come to daily Mass. Mm-hmm. Daily Mass is so beautiful and, 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 and just to receive the Eucharist, if we have you know, the availability to come, it's, it's, it's a very powerful thing. Many people begin to, to do that and then they never go back to just one day a week. And so that's another beautiful thing that we can do. Even virtually, mm-hmm. like we have here thousands of virtual parishioners and that here in, in, in the radio and so on. And it's beautiful to know that, and, and, and they're connected in the Mass. So all that helps us to like just live with the Church, what's happening in, in the whole season, and that it prepares us, of course, to where we're heading, which is Holy Week and, and Easter. You started your career in finance. Yes, <laughs> in Nicaragua, where I'm from. Yes. Yes. So tell, tell us about that in your personal journey, about that transformation so many of us begin by, by us I mean like priests we're, we're what we call older vocations so we be, we went to college we begin to work but then 
as Jonathan was saying, uh, God calls you and He's moving. And, and so sometimes you have to be uh, patient with Him. And he has, He's very patient. I mean, He has to be patient with us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And then, uh, and then it's like falling in love. Mm. And so everything else you're doing becomes less important. And then you go to follow him in the way that he wants to, surrendering. And, and then his will is done and joy comes. Mm. And how old were you when you left finance and became a priest? Like 30. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When I started the process. Right. Um, so it was interesting, you know, everybody, uh, apparently everyone, in, uh, 123 million people watched the Super Bowl <laughs> last weekend. Um, and there were a number of, of ads on it that had sort of a spiritual um, background. And one of them was this Hello ad, which you were part of, Jonathan, which really, uh, Mark Wahlberg was part of it too. Um, just called people to, to prayer and to Ash Wednesday. What did you think about the, the response to that? I know that the Hello app is now I think it's number nine, and it's right just below TikTok mm. and Instagram, which is really amazing. When people I think we might think have even crept, crept past that today. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, we're number. Uh, what do you think about what's going on with all of this between the Chosen and the Hallow app and and all of this? I think you're seeing a response from people that are receptive to the idea of spirituality in their lives, publicly as well as privately. Um, I think the public response is kind of an indicator that people are hungry for relationship, a deeper relationship with God. And I think Hallow is, is, is a, one of the best purveyors of, of a variety of ways to be able to do that. Um, you know, I think sometimes, I think people can sometimes think that prayer or knowing how to pray can be overwhelming. Like, well, I don't know what words to say. I don't, you know, what's the right posture? And, and I think it just starts with a conversation with God. And then if you want ideas about other ways in which the church itself has, has been praying for centuries, then, then you have a whole structure and a whole um, a, a well of, of prayers and meditations that, that Hallow offers that are, are a little more you know, structured out. And then you can have people narrate them, you know, listen to different voices guiding you through those prayers. I'm one of the voices on uh, hundreds of those prayers. And um, so I think there's, there's uh, there is a hunger for, for these kind, this kind of, of um, active relationship with, with, with God that we haven't seen in this way before. And I think it's reflected in, in you know, people responding to a Super Bowl ad or, you know, or even your show. You know? I think when people have seen me on your show and talking about um, prayer, it, it's, it, it's another opportunity. You see a spike happen because I think you know, you're, you're reaching people that, that want this. They, yeah. they want to have access to this. What, do you see that in the church here? I know there are five million people walk through these doors every year yes. at St. Patrick's Cathedral. A million people light candles, which is just extraordinary yes. in this beautiful, historic place that we're sitting right now. So what's the sort of feedback process that you see between some of these things, Hallow, the Chosen, the open doors that are always here at the church? What do you sense, Father? I sense a lot of good things happening as well. 
and, and, and definitely all these things are helping so much. As a matter of fact, speaking of Hallow, Hallow has provided that we have, we have uh, Gregorian chant and other sacred music playing through the sound system throughout the day. So when people walk in, mm. it feels like more of an experience of holiness. And, and Hallow actually provided the playlist for us. You can actually find St. Patrick's Cathedral really? yes, in the, in, with oh. all the playlists. And, but but it's, it's so beautiful um, to see how many young people are, mm. uh, are, are really coming back to the faith. I, I'm the rector here of St. Patrick's Cathedral, but also uh, the Basilica of the old cathedral downtown, where both have these young adult masses yes. that every single Sunday, they're just packed. And, and they all want to do so much and, and come back to the faith and, and in its fullness. Mm. Not just be there just to like say I went to Mass and that's it. To really learn the faith. And, and, and there participate. is participate yeah. and just be active members. And, and of course, all these things are in conjunction. But as Jonathan was saying, it is a sign of what people are yearning for. Yeah. Just to mention quickly, I was here, Father Mike Schmitz, who you both yes. know, he did um, a wonderful Mass here, and then we had a Eucharistic procession that went all through Times Square. And That's amazing. I didn't really know what to expect. I had never been part of anything like that, so I just left my office at, you know, right after work and came over and I thought, oh, I wonder if it's just going to be, you know, me and Father Mike and like 30 <laughs> people. You know, I, didn't, I had no idea what to expect. It was absolutely 5, packed. That's amazing. And a lot a lot yeah. of the people who were here, I remember watching this young man right next to me who was standing in the aisle over there with his backpack on. He's maybe 22 years old. He had his phone up. He wanted to record every single second wow. of the experience. And it was so moving to me. I have boys who are about that age just to see how excited they were to come here and to see Father Mike and to be part of the procession and to be here, of course, at St. Patrick's Cathedral. So I think it's really inspiring um, what we're seeing happen. And I think that, you know, your presence here leading St. Patrick's has been extraordinary for this community and also downtown, which is another church that my family loves at Old St. Pat's. So I would encourage everybody to spend time here in both of those places when they're in New York. And of course, to, to join the um, Pray 40 Lent challenge. I've been sent sending it, sharing it to everybody I know. I'm sure I'm they're probably it. tired. <laughs> We're all doing it. It's great. Um, so I really want to thank you both for, for being here and for inspiring all of us as we begin this Lenten journey. Um, I didn't prepare you for this, but would you be willing to close with a prayer for us, of Father? Of course. Thank you so much. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> We thank you, Jesus, for, for this time, this special time of Lent in which all of us together with you, we are giving ourselves to you so that we may be purified, that we may be renewed, and that we may be closer to you. On this Valentine's Day, Jesus, we know that this is a sign of your love for us, that you are always so patient with us, always waiting there to fill us with your love. And we pray glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father Thank you, Enrique Salve, the rector of St. Patrick's Church, and Jonathan Rumi. Always great to see you. Likewise, Martha. Um, Thank you. Please, Jesus and the Chosen. So everyone should look forward to March when you can watch it all over uh, the country on your TV screens all around the world. Thank yeah. you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Untold Story podcast. Please rate and review this podcast and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Martha McCallum. See you next time. 
You've been listening to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Make sure to rate and review. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with the Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.